Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here this week. Uh, I think it's episode six. Yep. We are definitely in episode six. So glad you're here. We are going to deal with some counselor topics this week that uh, you gave to us and asked us if we would chat about them. And we're excited about that. So we're going to jump right into it. We're not talking about The Chosen this we week. We're not going to so. talk about The Chosen. We're actually going to discuss uh, depression and maybe a little bit about anxiety, but not really. And then into spiritual gifts. Yeah. So we'll start our conversation off here with uh, counselor request number one. What? Uh, depression. What is depression? What is depression? I think um, when we look at it, there's, there's probably two types of depression that, that are often uh, discussed. And we are not doctors, and I haven't studied depression. Uh, I don't think you have either. No. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but this is what we're seeing and observing in one another and around us. Uh, so what is depression? I think there's clinical and what we're going to call probably situational or seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Um, clinical is more, uh, clinical would be where you need a doctor. I need to go to a clinic or I need to go to a doctor's office and get some help with my depression. Um, it's a chemical imbalance. It's, it's something that needs a cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and then there's seasonal or situational depression and that's kind of caused by the things that are happening around us mm. in the season of life that we're in and so i think that's why i'm calling it seasonal yeah it's not like it, you can go through february and everybody's depressed that's that's seasonal depression but we're talking about like seasonal as in like oh we're in the season of covid or i'm having a really bad year or i'm having a bad two years like it's a season and we'll get through this uh, so how do I know if I have clinical depression or if I should seek help? Oh, well, I think you should always seek help if you're feeling depressed. Um, so it, how would I call that? I would say it's kind of like, you're going to know you're depressed because everything comes through a lens. It's like the filter in your brain is clogged or mm. it's turned sideways actually. And so everything that comes in, um, hits that filter and gets shifted and then it come, comes into your perception. So it's the way you're perceiving the, the world around you uh, comes in. It's been turned on its side. It's negative. Mm. It's, it's got this depression. It's got this paint that goes on it every time it comes in. And so you hear a positive thing and uh, Hey, you did a really great job. And then uh, you did a really great job coaching last night, Zach, you know, I mean, but you're depressed. And so it comes through and it gets painted and you're like, yeah, I did a good job, I guess, but it could have been better. And you've, you've changed, mm. you changed the message. It didn't even come in. I was really positive, And yet you, it came in and it just got twisted sideways right. and you're seeing it through that filter that's in your, your world. Um, so when do you get help? That was <laughs> back to your original question, good. because, uh, you should always get help. I don't think there's anything wrong with ever seeking a doctor's help mm. and going in and saying, I, I think I might be depressed. Uh, and he'll ask you some questions and he may recommend a therapist or, he or may re- she, or she may recommend. Uh, yeah. It's going to, so I have a, I have a male doctor. It's just a default. It's I know. not like I'm it's okay. limiting the world. <laughs> um, okay. So they will recommend medication or therapy or like, well, you know, they'll talk to you about it. So it's, 
it's like getting a checkup. Hey, I haven't been in to see the doctor in five years. I should probably go see my doctor and just get my blood pressure checked and make sure I'm healthy. Same idea hmm. with mental health. It's, it's not a bad thing to get help. I think also um, we see counseling as like, well, you only go to counseling when you need help. Yeah. It's like, well, we all need counselors. Like right. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. So, you know, God's instituted this natural fact that we need counsel. Yeah, uh, well, there's, a, there's definitely like a stigma around going yeah. to see a shrink would be the, the classic like stigma word. Right. Um, where like you don't want to do that because right. only people who really need help do that. But I think more people right. should. Yeah. We all go see our family doctors or, well, most of us um, <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. And so why not someone? I think the off? word is scary. Psychotherapist. Yeah. Like, ooh, psychotherapist. Just say therapist or counselor. Therapist. Yeah, counselor. Sounds maybe better. Um, but I think also, like, it's important that we talk with one another. Um, so that could be your peers. It could be the people you go to school with or hang out with on your teams or um, social settings. But it could also be mentors that we have, people that we are accountable to, coaches. Um, I, I highly recommend everybody have a mentor in your life, if not two or three. People that are older than you that you sit down with, um, consistently, like so that could be every six weeks or eight weeks or or three months, and you just kind of get together with them and you learn life with them, and you do some life together, and uh, and you can ask them questions and you say, hey, I just feel meh all the time, and and have that conversation. We need to lean into one another, and it's really important, I think, um, that we we take advantage and see that we're not alone in any of this. Uh, we feel alone. And maybe that's um, that's the next issue. It's kind of like why. So it's it's good to get help, and and there's lots of help out there. And why why are we feeling this way? So yeah, I guess we'll go into uh, seasonal situational depression and why we're experiencing that, or why we would experience that. And I think why you and I think more people are experiencing that, especially right now. Oh yeah, I'm definitely seeing. Uh, you're seeing. I think we're seeing the effects of it around us. For sure. Uh, We've been under this. So I think it's there because culturally we're living in this place of fear and isolation and Mm. separation, and we're not together. And that's going to lead us uh, into those areas where maybe we were healthy. There was was maybe a hidden fracture in the mug. But as we put so much strain on it, our mugs are starting to crack and fall apart and things are starting to come out of that, that that we're being held in before. Right. And they're starting to leak through. And, and so I think that culture of isolation that everyone's just, there's distrust everywhere. You know, like, am I, a f- and fear. So that, that leads to it. I think we see too, we've become a really individual, individualistic society, really right. selfish. Yeah. It's about, um, you know, like I need to, to protect me and I need to get ahead and it's about me. And, uh, but then the flip side of that is then, if I have these issues, then they're my issues. Mm. So it's, it's not even, we've become selfish and individualistic so that also our issues become selfish and individualistic. Mm. I have my problems. I don't need to share them with you. This is my issue and I can fix it. And, uh, and I think, especially for guys that wrestle with depression, that's one of the key issues I see with them is often they're just trying to fix it themselves. And, and right. I say guys, but there's some really, like, I think girls too, because we struggle with perfectionism. Mm. We all do. 
and, and I see it really like if I can't be perfect, I can't let anybody know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, I guess that kind of goes into the next point too of like comparing ourselves to what others have or don't are what we don't have. We think you know we see other people. Maybe it's on online social media, whatever. They look like they have it all together. So now we don't want to talk to them about our crap because we think they're perfect and yeah. we aren't that. And they're not going to want to talk to us about that or we, we don't live up to them. So we can't talk to them about it or, um, yeah. So yeah. I guess those kind of go hand in hand too, don't they? Yeah, they really do. One of the, the key issues, uh, I've been learning about myself is that I wrestle with imposter syndrome. What uh, is that? Is that's feeling like I'm, people are going to find out I'm an imposter. I'm faking it. Oh. You fake it till you make it. But then yeah. what if people find out I'm actually fake? Like I don't always know what I'm talking about and, and I'm an imposter. And then that leads to anxiety um, oh. or it can lead to depression because I'm not as good as that person or I'm not good enough or the, eventually they'll figure me out and then I can't, they, they will ask me to leave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> huh. And it's this, this false uh, rumor, this thing, this it's a, it's a different filter. That yeah. also leads to depression that I'm, what if I'm not good enough? Uh, so that is that comparison thing, that social uh, construct that right. what if people find out or I'm not good enough? I think too, like comparison, we sometimes look for our happiness in something else too. So it's, it's not even like, so there's the comparison aspect that I'm not as good as that person, or I mm-hmm. see this person and they seem to have it together. But there's also the comparison that, Oh, if, oh, they, they look so happy and they have a kid, right? right? This young couple that has a kid and I had a kid, our, as a family, we can't have kids. Right. I'd be so much happier if I just had this thing or mm. this car, uh, you know, my Subaru or, <laughs> right. or if you just had your yeah, truck anything, or if you just right? had your, that new phone. Um, yeah. It can be anything from something as like awesome or I guess beneficial or whatever as a kid to anything as silly as a a phone or whatever. Yeah. But if you put your hope, you put your happiness into Mm. stuff, um, it's going to let you down. Right. If you like have it in your head that you're going to get happiness when you get that thing. Yeah. And then you are unable to get that thing or you never get it or you're struggling to get it, then you're going to be depressed because you're not getting what you think is happiness. Yeah. And you're Mm. always pursuing something you can never achieve, which, which is constant failure, which leads to, man, I'm so depressed. I right. can never win. And then we all know when you do get that thing, you're probably, eventually, it's not going to make you happy anyway. So No, because in six months, there's a new phone. Or yeah. in every year, there's a new truck. Or there's... Every year? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so tough. And I think this is really tough on us. So those are some of the reasons why. And, I, and it just eats on our psyche, right? It just, right. You set your brain and it's, it's constant messaging. Advertising is constant messages that you need more, you need better, you need stuff. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to compare ourselves. People uh, just stage their pictures and their photos nowadays. Like it's, mm-hmm. I've sat and watched someone in a Starbucks take 45 minutes to make this perfect picture of them looking so stressed mm-hmm. and, and disheveled. And it's like, just drink your coffee already. Like it's, you're just going to, Oh. Yeah, the coffee might actually help. So yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> stop making the picture and actually study, and then you won't be yeah. so stressed. And it's garbage in, garbage out, right? If I right. keep putting stuff in that's negative, then I'm going to come out with negative. So we we've True. become a complaining society. We don't know how to talk about good stuff. Yeah, um, 
we can ask each other what's great in your life right now. And you're like, I, I don't know. I just spend all my time complaining because mm. that's, that's what I read in the news. That's what I'm seeing on TV. I, I don't have enough. I don't have mm-hmm. none of this um, is from God. Yeah. <laughs> none of this echoes his message. And, and I think what it leads to is, is not just dep- depression, but those side effects of guilt and shame, uh, anger and worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those have side effects physically, right? We start to hurt ourselves or we hurt other people or we, we're really negative in our tone. And, and we're, seeing, we're seeing this huge increase in depression and, and suicides as a result of all this stuff. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. How do we put positive in? I guess that's how do we change yeah. that? Well, I guess you, you were talking about the garbage in, garbage out. I originally was thinking only had to do with stuff that we purposely put in, but I guess we mentioned ads there too. It also pertains to things that are just going in by accident or oh, on yeah. the side or that we're not. Or the news, doing. right? Yeah. We, we can choose. I don't even follow the news and I can't avoid it. Oh, I know. And that's yeah. like, that's been the toughest thing for me yeah. in this season, I guess, is that um, it's really hard to escape the constant negativity of the situation of COVID. Like, I just so badly want parts of our lives back. Yeah. And it seems like there's no end in sight. And every time you think there's an end in sight, you just gets pulled away from you again. And yeah. you're like, no, just kidding. This is nowhere near. And it can come up in, in random things like GIFs and, and memes that we see. Right. Right. It's just, it's constantly there. Yeah. We, we see it. I think if we can put some positive spin on it, if we can try and, so uh, if you have clinical depression, there's no way you can change your filter. You need, mm-hmm. you need help. Right. But if you have this seasonal or this uh, situational depression and you're really feeling it and, you, and you're not a, a person that's prone to depression and now you're feeling it like, well, how do we change that filter? Right. Um, and so I, really quickly, like, I think you need to find hope and hold on to hope. Mm. You need to bring life into your conversations, not negativity, not, uh, um, uh, so for me, like sarcasm, I think mm. it's fun, but it's, it's really destructive. I need to, to change the tune that I speak myself, change my tone oh, no. and, and bring hope. And, um, we need to realize that love is not an emotion. It comes from God. So love is, is a choice. Love is supernatural. It feeds into our, ourselves. Uh, and then we also need to practice joy, mm. practice gratitude. Um, so I've read a lot, you know, with Thanksgiving in the U S there's a lot of stuff being posted there about how do we change this, this topic, this depression, this anxiety, um, how do we change that? And it's really focused on gratitude, like start a journal every day, write down five things you are thankful for. Mm. You know, I'm so thankful that it's snowing. I'm so thankful for my coffee in the morning. I'm so thankful for the fact that my car started today when I needed to get somewhere. Mm. I am so thankful for um, Christmas lights that that blink in the night. Mm. I am so thankful for uh, my good friend, Zach. And then I've got my five things that I'm thankful for. And, And just pausing and thinking on the things I'm grateful for is like taking a moment to pray and thank God. Like, and then, uh, Take notes, uh, do that reflection at the end of the day and yeah. say, God, where were you today in my day? And, and that was good. Yeah. Um, read hmm. your Bible. I, I, you know, it's funny that we, we can be inundated and find so many different ways to steal our time right now. And we have more time, but I don't know that I've increased my Bible study. 
Right. So I, I need to take some time and just get back into the word. And that'll help change that script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some, some of it too, not really into the, the, what you're taking in is there's certain things you should try to avoid um, after a certain time of day. Like uh, they say you shouldn't watch the news after, I don't know, 8 right. p.m., 6 right, p.m., right. whatever it is. Like after, let's say, let's call it after dinner or after 7 p.m., like just try to only bring in like positive things or things that at least aren't going to like bring you down. Um, so if you're going to go on YouTube or whatever, um, don't like scroll through the videos and see um, all the news like from CTV and all those things that are just going to be like the fear and the negativity and all that. Like try and go on. If you're going on to watch a video, go and search your video. Don't watch those things, I guess. Try and avoid those things at maybe during when we wake up or when we go to bed or parts of the day that are worse for you, maybe. Yeah, I think um, put your phone to bed mm-hmm. is a really key uh, practice that yeah. we talked about a week or two ago. Um, I don't know. Self-assessment, I think, is really key. So if, you, if you're not sure, um, it's time to take time and it's important to take time and self-assess. Yeah. Where am I at? Um, we've talked about this in the past in our Shrek and Donkey Talks or Swamp Talks at camp. Mm-hmm. Where it's really important to um, to measure your gauges. Uh, so, like on a on your car when you drive it and your fuel tank gets empty, and then you put gas in and it gets back full. So, what are your gauges at? We all have like an emotional tank, a spiritual tank, and a physical tank in our lives, and it seems that those three really can um, affect us personally. Right? They affect our moods. They affect our emotions. They affect our uh, ability to function and get things done. Right. So. You need to self-assess. Stop and look at your tanks and say, am I empty? Am I full? Or am I on yellow? Am I halfway? Am I just hitting that red zone? Um, emotionally, what has emptied your tank? And, and if, if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, which is worry, um, but we're talking about depression here. If you're really feeling depressed, what has emptied that out? What's created that emotion? What do I need to fill my tank with to get it back to full? Right. Uh, and find that joy and to find satisfaction in life to be content yeah is okay um man we we see we can search out new and new and new and new and new and then we just need rhythms we need yeah. those traditions we need those things and even i who love change so much um <laughs> need those moments to refresh to do things that are fun that just put life back into me right uh, physically are you empty if you're sitting on the couch all day or you're just, you know, locked in your room all day. Yeah. Get out, go for a walk. And it changes your position. It changes your environment. It changes, uh, and it'll change your mood. It'll change who you are. Uh, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to go and work out for an hour and, and hurt yourself. <laughs> and just and you anything. can't go play hockey or football with all the guys and the, all the girls, but just get out and do something. Yeah. Move, uh, change positions. Um, spiritually, is your tank empty? What have you been filling your spiritual tank with? Are you filling it with um, the world system? Are you filling it with the, what the world says is spiritually satisfying? Or are you actually seeking out uh, things that, that fill your spiritual tank? Mm. I think those are important. Do you have any like, ways that you can refill your emotional tank? Like, it's easy to think for like physical, but. Journaling is a good one. 
Mm. Uh, having a conversation with a friend, even if it's Zoom or, or this, um, we have these devices called a phone and you can actually speak to people personally. Yeah, like call them? Call them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, those are good ways to fill your emotional tank. Another way is to find things that are positive and surround yourself with that. Mm. Um, explore a hobby. Yeah. Tends to bring about emotional fulfillment. I so, guess this is where like, people's like personality would come in with like introvert versus extrovert right sure. like i would do that very differently i'd want to be with people doing something talking to someone versus someone or my wife for example might want to just like sit and hang out by herself yeah recharge don't and and it's it's one thing to watch a tv show but i don't think that's going to recharge you it's really actually emotionally uh stunting right it doesn't do anything right get into a book yeah um uh, paint draw do those things that, um, you know, craft. Mm-hmm. For Julia, it would be crafting. For me, it would be playing a board game. Um, it's hard to say, but, but get away from a, a screen device for a bit. It, it'll recharge you emotionally better. Right. That's true. Um, these tanks fill into, spill into each other too, mm. right? Um, so if I can get my physical and spiritual up, it'll start to drop some of my emotional. That's good. Um, what else do we want to say? Oh, faith. So a lot of people will depend on faith alone to heal them. Right. And that's great. And it does happen. Yeah. Uh, faith can heal you. Um, but we also know that um, if I've broken my leg, I need a cast. Yeah. And uh, if I took the cast off because I believe in faith and I'm walking <laughs> around on a broken foot and a broken leg and I'm just jarring those bones all the time, it, it's yeah it's kind of that that um balance between faith and like god gave us medicine so it's okay to use it right and so you have like i we know people that have been called called physically like spiritually emotionally god has called them to become a doctor Mm -hmm. or a nurse to heal people and they may even have the gift of healing because god's using their their mental abilities and their physical abilities and their intellectual abilities to heal people Mm. And sometimes that may come out in a supernatural way of actual gift of healing in a, in a place where someone has cancer and we all pray about it and suddenly they go back and they don't have cancer. It happens. Yeah. Right. They have arthritis and it's healed. Um, but we also know too that, that sometimes those take time yeah. and, and the process of suffering and the process of going through healing um, is really important for us as humans. And it draws us to God. Uh, it, it draws us to him and allows us to understand how, how Jesus suffered and how he, um, God comforts us, right? Yeah. In First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians 1, we read again about God is the God of all, all comfort. So we have to really allow faith its place and trust God to heal us in our right time and then seek out the methods. So if, you, if you're on antidepressants, if you're on medication to help with that, there's no shame in that. Don't, don't don't find guilt in that. Um, mm. But also be in conversation with your doctor. If you're not honest with them, they're not going to be able to heal you properly. So if you're, and, and have people praying for you, faith yeah. can heal you. So I think there's both, right? Yep. It's important to understand when we need, we need a cane to walk and we need uh, a cast to, to bring faster healing. Or if we are at that point where we can put things away and start to run again. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good conversation. Thanks. Yeah. Do you have anything else? 
on depression? Uh, I don't, I don't have any more notes on it. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, a good, uh, first, uh, foray into it. We're not doctors. We're not therapists. Yeah. I but mean, we care deeply for one another and we didn't go like super in depth or anything, but I think it's a, our experience and small overview of it. And yeah. we can talk more with anybody if they want to, or yeah, we can talk individually. You can send us a direct message through the discord. Um, or if you have other questions that you think would be really beneficial, mm-hmm. just post them and let's, let's start that conversation there. Yep. For sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Shall we talk about spiritual gifts now? Yeah. Let's do All that. right. Let's do that. What's spiritual gifts? Uh, spiritual gifts are gifts from God in our lives that are given to us to help build the body of Christ. They are designed to, um, they complement who we are as people. And they're in place so that the body of Christ uh, is, is developed and strengthened, as well as, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, new people are included in that body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's gifts that include evangelism and uh, amazing gifts that you know transform people, like spiritual healing and uh, words of faith and words of um, affirmation. Uh, words of wisdom, things that are miraculous. But um, yeah, so First Peter would say that there's speaking gifts, and Peter would say there were speaking gifts and there's doing gifts. And I think that's First Peter four, where he's like, there's two types of gifts: there's speaking gifts and doing gifts. Okay. But that's about all Peter says on it. Paul has a lot more to say on it. Paul brings it up in in Romans. He brings it up again in Ephesians, and he brings it up in Corinthians when he's talking to these different churches and different groups of people. Yeah, you have a question? I have I have many actually. Okay, let's okay. Uh do I have a spiritual gift? Is that like a I'm born with one or many? Can I learn more? Do I learn more? Does that happen naturally or do I have to actively do something to learn more? Um and do spiritual gifts have anything to do with like normal gifts? Balance, like normal characteristics or like personality traits. Okay. So I think if, if you are a Christian, you've been given a spiritual gift. It's okay. a gift from God. So Romans 12 would say, God has given us each a gift. So um, I don't get one when I'm born. I get it when I'm born again. You get one when you're born again. Yes. Cause it's from the spirit of God in you. Okay. Um, so you can't have one if you're not a Christian. Right. Now, there are talented, Saved. gifted people. Somebody has a gift, and you can see that in them. And you'd be like, wow, you're a really gifted artist, or you're a really gifted musician, or you're really gifted in math, or you're really gifted at, like, you're a natural engineer, or you're naturally... So the people are gifted that way. Um, but then when... I, so I would say in Romans 12, we're each given a, a spiritual gift from God that kind of helps us... I would call those, the ones in Romans 12, the motivational gifts kind of the ones we see uh, through the lens of the world. And that could be a gift of service, and it, it, or it could be mercy, uh, giving. So there's three doing gifts, mercy, service, and giving. Uh, and then there's, there's kind of four speaking gifts, uh, profit, encouragement, or exhortation, leadership, and teaching. Um, and those four tend to be the motivational gifts. 
There's a really neat YouTube if you YouTube Chip Ingram, and he and we'll probably link that in to the Discord. But he talks about somebody uh, seeing a situation where there's a server, a, wait, a waiter, a server drops their tray of food, and there's seven leaders, and they each have these different gifts, and they each respond differently to that person in crisis. And it's how they see the situation. And you'll watch that and you'll be like, ooh, that is me. That is exactly how I respond in a situation. And I say that um, because God gives us that motivational gift. And it's kind of how the, the lens will see the world through. And uh, that's unique. On the flip side of that, someone would say, well, um, I can take myself, for example. I would say I have the gift of leadership. Mm-hmm. But I also study leadership because I can learn more about that. There is, there is a skill of leadership that is beyond just seeing the world through what God's given me. I walk into a situation and it's chaotic to me and I'll be just like, I need to lead here. Somebody's got to do something and I'm just going to take over. And, and that's the way I see things. That's the gift God's given me. But on the flip side of that, I can study leadership and actually increase my skills so that when I say, okay, this chaos and I've got to take over and I go in and I lead, I'm not hurting the people I'm trying to lead. I'm not crushing the people that are there. I can learn the skills of leadership so that I do that in a way that is, is gentle or actually motivates or brings you know, people together or how do we do that well? So there are both those things. Did I answer okay. all your questions? I think so. Um, so how do I know which spiritual gift I am? Should we just do that Chip Ingram test and that's that? or? Um, so there are multiple tests out there. Mm-hmm. Most of them are experiential. So right. the more you experience in life, uh, you're going to go through this test and you'll be like, wow, I never experienced, I don't have these gifts. Mm-hmm. You've never experienced them. And so you're like, oh, well, I've never, I've never been a leader or I've never had a chance to teach or I've never had a chance to speak in tongues or I've never prayed for somebody and they miraculously were healed. And so I obviously don't have those gifts. Or you're like, I don't have the gift of giving. I don't have any money. How can I have the gift of giving if I have no money? Hmm. Um, and so one of that's one of the problems. But if you go to most churches, uh, they have spiritual gifts tests usually linked to their website. Uh, I know Wallenstein does. I think Woodside does. Uh, you, can, you can Google it. Sometimes there's um, those seven gifts. You can do a test where you find out those seven gifts. Or you could do a test where it's like there's 23 gifts listed. And it covers like, oh, everything from leadership to craftsmanship. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You can see an exhaustive list and, and you're like, oh, there's 26 on this test and there's 15 on this test and seven on that test. Why is that? Because there's different lists of gifts throughout the Bible. And so people have gone through and added them all. And uh, so there, there are experiential tests you can do. You can watch that video and pray about it and say, okay, um, God, this really resonates in my life. I'm going to try that. So when they said that, it's like it hit that tuning fork in my life and it started to vibrate. And I just like, inside of me, something moved. And you're like, okay, that might be mine. So I'm going to explore that. If you think you have the gift of giving, explore that. Can you give your time? Can you give your talents? Because you may not have the treasury to give, but you have time and talents you can give. And how do I give those things away to people? And look for opportunities to use those gifts. 
Uh, so that's one way to figure that out. Yeah. Um, other ways to figure out your gifts, uh, ask your friends, your close friends, your family. Do you see something special in me? Do you see something unique in me? Uh, listen to your teachers. Sometimes they'll write things down like, wow, this student is so helpful in class. Loves to help the other students. Why is that? Well, maybe you have the gift of mercy. You just care for people around you. Uh, or maybe you're a servant and you just want to serve the people that you have the opportunity to, to serve. Those are the motivational gifts kind of that I'm talking out of. Uh, but let's think it like, for example, um, so maybe you have the gift of mercy and you have this deep drive to become uh, a nurse or a doctor or to help people heal. So maybe your gift of mercy is supported by the gift of healing. And how do I make people, how do, how do I care for people and compassionately while I help them heal at the same time? Um, a lot of people will have that gift of mercy and they're like, well, then I have to become a social worker because <laughs> they really just care for other people. Mm. And so social work is the avenue they want to do that through. Well, that kind of leads into my next question, which sure. is like, I guess I feel like sometimes, especially for young people, we want to know our spiritual gifts. We can be put into like a box and we can be mm. know what we're supposed to do with our life because that's right. usually the big thing usually is what am I supposed to do with my life? What does God want me to do with my life? Um, how do I know? And you just want to be told. You just want to be told what you're supposed to do. What right. is your purpose? What are you meant to do? Right. And I think sometimes spiritual gifts can be a bit of a um, scapegoat for that. Like, because we're never, everyone always tells us, well, you're, there's no, like, you're not going to necessarily just know what you're supposed to do. And so spiritual gifts becomes this, like, way to roundabout find that out mm. oh well this is my spiritual gift so therefore i have to do x job or i have to do the this field of work like you said mercy i have to do healthcare or whatever sure. social work um do you think that that is is that a good way of thinking is that a should we is that a good way to approach your life is that dangerous is that not the point of it i don't like i I just feel like that's pretty common, whether it's conscious or not. Yeah. I, I think it's a really dangerous way. It's, it's a, it can be both beneficial and dangerous. Uh, so it can be really beneficial if you're, if you're 19 and you don't really know what you want to do. And you're like, well, I'm really good uh, and, and I have this gift of mercy and I really care for people and I'm okay with you know, blood and vomit. So I think maybe nursing would be all right for me. That doesn't mean that that's where God's only going to use people with the gift of mercy because um, you get into a financial office and you're like, wow, there's no mercy there. They really need people with the gift of mercy in that office. Mm -hmm. uh, you get into um, yeah, any industry, mm -hmm. you're working in a factory and you're just, it's full of, it's a place full of people mm -hmm. and they need people to just love them and lead them and teach them and speak encouraging words to them and push them to be better and talk to them about truth and not truth. And they need all those gifts there. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I guess where I was getting is that every workplace needs every gift, right? Every workplace needs every gift. The every hospital needs people with mercy and yeah. with leadership. Yeah. Like we need and if nobody's cleaning, if nobody has the gift of service, mm -hmm. I don't want to go to that hospital. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, or you have the gift of mercy, but you're like, the last thing I want to do is work in an operating room. Right. But I really care for people. So I don't mind cleaning. And that's a really necessary thing. Mm. Really important. And, and people need someone to bring them food. They're stuck in a hospital bed. Someone's got to bring them their food. 
that's a really important role there. And, uh, and someone's got to wash the, the laundry and somebody's like, there's no hierarchy here. God uses those gifts to bless everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we, we can get caught up in that. Like, well, I need to do this and pursue this education and pursue this training so that I can, I can best use my spiritual gift. No, that's a part of your calling. It's part of your shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so spiritual gifts are just one part of it. What's your heart? What's your aptitude? Where are your passion? Right. right? Where do you want to engage? Yeah. What's your shape? Um, so it likely shouldn't dictate fully where, what we do um, or what field we go into or whatever, but it can be a really good indication of what might keep us happy right. when we're doing it. Right. And, and it may be something too that you see in your life and you're like, okay, right now uh, I do a spiritual gifts test and I, I test really strongly on, uh, you know, there's 20 different spiritual gifts in my test and I, I score really high on 10 of them. A just, lot. Just the way, but it's where I'm at in my life. You know, I'm, I'm in university and I'm leading and I'm caring for people and I'm volunteering at a, a drop-in center and I'm working with the youth group and well, suddenly I'm using 10 of these different gifts. Well, how is that possible? Well, if we look back at the life of Jesus, he exhibited all these gifts. There are times when he spoke into a situation. There was times when he just knew things. There was times when he had healing. There was mm-hmm. times when he, he understood people that spoke a different language. There was times when like Jesus exhibited all these gifts to us. And then um, he poured out his spirit at Pentecost and, and it was craziness and there was all this great stuff happening. Well, there's going to be times when maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader, but I'm, I need to be merciful. Right. I have to give. And we need to exhibit all those same gifts and practice them so that we're ready for when that time comes. Now that leads to the next question. What happens with these charismatic gifts? The, the chapter uh, 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up and these things start to happen? Um, it's not very common in a lot of our traditions, our biblical traditions, our church traditions, maybe to practice all these spiritual gifts. And then some of our friends, it's very common. They practice the gifts of faith and healing and speaking in tongues. And maybe... I don't understand it, but they understand it great. We need to engage that conversation and understand that. And so sometimes we need to sit down with our friends that, that practice differently than we do to enable us to grow more. Mm. So if we put ourselves, this is why I said yes and no. It's beneficial to know my gift. My gift is leadership, and I'm supported that by a gift of shepherding, and I sometimes have the gift of faith. And so I'm willing to step out and take some crazy risks, and God seems to respond in my life through that to, to build others up and mm-hmm. to build the body of Christ and to, to share Jesus with other people. So that's good. But then there's a whole section of gifts that I don't understand or I'm afraid of. I'm not even going to practice them. Well, they're still given by God. So I need to sit down with my friend and say, okay, I don't understand this. How do you do this? And, and this kind of freaks me out. or <laughs> I don't know how, how to add this into my life. And so if we just put ourselves in our box, we may be missing out on, you know, that Jesus is trying to do something different. <laughs> he really wants to, to do something different here. And uh, it's uncomfortable. But we need to get used to different. Hmm. Okay. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. 
that was a good discussion. Any more questions you think that I, we should dig into there? I don't have any, but uh, no. do you have any other notes you wanted to talk about? No, I think that's good. I think it's really important. Uh, there's two places I would look. Chip Ingram, if you're curious on spiritual gifts, he has this conversation about uh, the waiter and or the, and just how would you see seven leaders and how they see a situation or seven gifts mm-hmm. and how you see that situation. Chip Ingram. And the other one is shape. S H A P E. Uh, if you look up Rick Warren at Saddleback Church. So the normal spelling. Yeah. S H A P E. Shape. Yeah. But it's a, um, each, each letter stands for a different word and just check that out and uh, oh, that way. shape it. Yeah. Like an so that's acronym. It. It's an acronym. That's the word. That's Neat. the one I was, I was thinking Enneagram and it's not an Enneagram. It's, an it's acronym. actually not that. No, yeah. it's no. so far away from that completely. Mm-hmm. F for effort. <laughs> Thanks. I really, really appreciate that. So that's those two topics today. Depression and anxiety, anxiety, kind of dealing with that and then spiritual gifts. All right. Now what? Well, we should do something fun really quick here. Okay. Um, oh, let's suggest some music Okay. for those that are depressed. Sure. Or just some good stuff that's out there right now. Sure. Okay, let's do that. Top some some music. So today's uh, music suggestions are. I got some music suggestions we can give. Let's do it. They're all Christmas ones. Yay! I love me some Christmas music. At time of recording, we're a month away from Christmas, so yeah. Why not some new Christmas albums? Okay. All right. First off, uh, maybe I'll put this one at the end just for fun. No, I'll do that later in another episode. Silent Night by Need to Breathe. They did a single song. Oh, really? Not a full album yet. Someday they'll do a full album. That'll be amazing. But they do have one song, which is fantastic. Okay. Uh, The King and Country put out an album called The Drummer Boy Christmas. Oh, yeah? Is this a new one? They're very good. Drummer Boy's been This is brand new. For a long time. Most of these songs have been out. That's how Christmas music works. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, Um, I didn't know. Like, Drummer Boy, like, he... King and Country's done Drummer Boy like album. album. Oh, they have an album. Drummer now. Boy Christmas. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yes. Listening, I'll shut up. Listening skills, please. I, I have those. Carrie Underwood did a Christmas album called My Gift. I what? have not listened to it yet. I actually haven't listened to either of those two albums yet, but okay. I, I think they'll be good. I've heard the Carrie Underwood is very good. Okay. Those are my uh, those are my thoughts on some new Christmas music that might make you. Uh, Feel a little better, maybe hmm. make you look forward to something. Reliant K, I love Reliant K's "Let It Rain, Dear." Oh, we're going backwards, huh? Well, I just am saying if we're gonna put out some cool tunes, I know yeah. that's not new, but I just like that album a lot. I really like that album. You dislike it? Yeah. You don't like that one? Dislike that? Yeah. Why? I find it odd. Oh, I like it. A little yeah. bit of alt Christmas. Yeah, don't like that. I do. I really like the punk stuff. But that's fine. Yeah. Thanks. I think the ones that suggested should be good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and it's December. And uh, so, uh, Zach, applications for camp, are they going up online? Yeah, eventually. Yeah, they should be out really soon. Like so they'll be on the website. Yeah. So take a look for that. Before Christmas. Yeah, before Christmas. Should be mid, mid-December here. So that's something yeah. else you can look forward to. And uh, we're hiring. As normal. Yeah. And we'll have a spot, hopefully, for everyone to come up. Yeah. 
that we would normally have. It'll just be less people at once, potentially. But hopefully just as many people as we can normally have. Yeah. So you don't have to, if you were selected as a CIT last year, you don't have to reapply as a CIT, but uh, you will get your CIT summer. Like, so we're kind of doing a reset. Everything is the same as last year. And uh, yeah, so we're happy to, excited to get this moving. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. Awesome. That's good for now. Well, that was a great session. Uh, thanks for listening to episode six. We, uh, we were grateful for your topics. And if you have other topics that you want us to push into, we'd love to do that. Let us know if you like not having the chosen or if you missed it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It'll probably be back next week. Well, we got to finish it off. Yeah. Got to finish it off. We can do it quicker if need be. Yeah. Super. Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.
last Lord at thy birth Jesus Lord at thy birth